Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jeff Dahl, Senior Pastor of Stockbridge Community Church. I want to say thank you for joining us online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our Sunday services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply click the Give Online link at the upper right-hand corner in your web browser. And let me say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you today. I'm glad that you are here. And just in case you're wondering, thank you so much. Just in case you're wondering today, Rhonda cast in her tie day today. She has one day a year that I said I will wear a tie, and she chose today. So there you go. You have it. It is so good to see you today. We're glad that you are here. And we're starting a brand new series today called Amazing Relationships. And today we're going to talk about fighting for awesome families. Would you, would you agree with me today that families are worth fighting for? Would you agree with that? Come on, say yes. Yes, yes there we go. It's worth fighting for. And today the family is under attack. I had someone give me some wonderful advice years ago. 20 years ago, when uh, Rhonda and I uh, pulled up to the church in Forest Park, we were doing some uh, remodels and stuff around the church, and I was working really, really hard and you know, trying to do the best I could. And there was a man there that he and I were painting a building that we had built. And he gave me some words that I have never forgotten. He said, Jeff, he said, you see all these people that come to this church? I said, yeah. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, the most important people in your life are not all these people. He said, because the truth of the matter is, they're probably not going to be around very long. But that little lady that you bring to church with you every Sunday, and that, that your wife, and then those two kids that ride with you are the most important people in your life. And don't ever forget that. And I want you to know that's been 20 years, and I have never, ever forgotten that. Because family is the most important thing, Right? It's really important. Let me just say this. It's never too late to fight for your family. I don't care how old your children are. It's never too late. Fighting for family is what we should do. Now, I want to give you some um, words from Jesus today, and I'm going to give you this passage, and again, it'll make more sense after we read it, all right? But Jesus begins to talk about some things that, that like truth that it takes to build a family. Look what he says in John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the what? Come on, shout out, the what? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? It shall make you free. Now, I wrote this down for you because I think to build strong relationships, we have to have three things, and I want you to read them with me. You ready? Awesome families are built on what? Truth, trust, and love. Come on, awesome families are built on what? Truth, trust, and love. Do you agree with that? I mean, if you have no truth, then you have no trust, and if you have no trust, you have no love, right? So the the starting point, the starting point is truth. And that's why Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you'll know the truth, and once you know the truth, then you'll develop trust, and once trust is growing, love grows where trust grows. That's what it takes to make strong families. So there's three traits I'd like to share with you today of awesome families. Now, some of these are going to seem a little comical to you, but just hang on with me. The first one I would say is this. Awesome families are playful. 
is a trait of an awesome family. Playful. I think today one of the greatest missing ingredients in family is fun. I think we just forget to have fun. You know, uh, we're too busy, we're too tired, and we're too serious. Today you're going to learn a lot more from my mistakes than I can tell you what I did wrong. I'm still working on what's right. But I think when my kids were coming up, you know, when they were smaller, I was way too serious all the time. Serious, serious, serious. If I go back and do that over, I would do that part over again. It's about learning to have fun together. Rhonda and I, you know, we've been married 28 years. How, do you be, how are you married for 28 years? I'll tell you, you learn to laugh a lot. You learn to laugh. I mean, you know, because if you take yourself so serious, man, you're going to be miserable. You learn to laugh. It's fun. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes uh, 11 and 8. It says, people ought to enjoy what? Every day. People ought to enjoy every day of their lives, no matter how long they live. You see, your kids are not going to be at home forever. Your grandkids will grow up. They always do. And so, man, we have to learn to enjoy every day that we get Hey, that's really fresh with me because I just, in four, about 14 days, I've been a part of five funerals. Five. Enjoy every day. When, Ron, when our kids were smaller, we said, okay, our kids are going to have memories, so we're going to be strategic about it. What, what kind of memories do we want them to have? And her family uh, enjoyed camping, you know, and we enjoyed that, so we decided that we would buy a travel trailer and pass those memories on to our kids. And so, about every six to eight weeks, we would plan a trip to go somewhere camping with our kids to, to make sure that they had memories. Now, you can't do that every weekend. And some families, you know what? They go overboard with that stuff. They try to do something like every week, we gotta, every weekend, we got to make sure our kids are having a blast somewhere. No, that's overboard. Schedule it out. Plan something fun. Now, look at the next verse with me because I think Ecclesiastes 9 and 9 is the reason that you're here today, guys, just for this. Enjoy your who? Come on, let's shout that out. Enjoy who? Enjoy your wife. Enjoy your wife whom you love. The greatest thing that you, the best dad, the best gift that you can give your kids is to love their mother. It's the best gift that you can give your kids is to love their mother. Now, next week we're going to talk about marriage and relationships, so you don't want to miss that. But I'm just saying, man, the best thing you can give your kids is love their mother. Learn to date her. You say, well, you know what? We got the kids, so we can't do that. Rhonda and I had that all wrong, too. For years, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do anything without the kids. We, we took them everywhere with us. And finally, you know, we went to a counselor one time. He said, Jeff and Rhonda, the best thing you can do for your marriage is date each other. Date each other. Yeah, date each other. Like, I mean, like, plan a date, go out once a week, and, and just leave the kids at home. Shoot, I said, I can do that. Ron said, I can do that. And we come home, and the next week we said, we're going out on Thursday night. Now, we don't know what y'all going to do, but we're gone. We shocked them to death. I mean, they couldn't believe it. Like, where, you're, where are you going? We ain't telling you. We're going, we're going out. Well, what am I supposed to eat? A sandwich. Macaroni and cheese, Roman, whatever you got to have. I don't care. It's, eat something. Eat cookies if you I don't care. We're going out. It's a mistake. When you say we can't because our kids, it's a mistake. Date their moms, guys. Date their moms. I don't, 
you say, well, you know, me and my wife, you know, we've been married for 40 years. Well, good for you. Maybe it's time you take her out again. I'm serious. You come to our house every night now. Every, you come to our house about at 9 o'clock. If you come to our house, Rhonda and I will be sitting on the sofa. She'll be sitting beside me. I'll lean up against there. We're turn, going to turn on Netflix and find something for about an hour that we're going to watch together. Sometimes uh, we'll even hold hands. Just a two. Just a two. And the kids, you know, this week, the kids come home. You know, they come home on the weekends, and uh, they brought their uh, friends with them. They, uh, Caitlin brought her, a friend in. They come in, and, and there I am sitting there holding her hand. I didn't jump up and try to say, oh, act like, you know, act like we're teenagers. Like, oh, we ain't supposed to be doing this. No, sir, this is my time. It's our time. Our kids know that 9 o'clock after 9 o'clock, it's mom and dad's time. One hour, no matter how old you are, you're not interrupting that. We're sitting here, we're watching television together. Now, after 10 o'clock, if you want to talk, if I'm still awake, we can. I'm just trying to say, man, no matter how old you are, the best thing you do, why? Because, listen, your kids go to school with kids that their parents are breaking up all the time, and that's their greatest fear is that their mom and dad are not going to be together. And listen, I'm not trying to give you a guilt trip if you've been through a divorce. I'm not trying to say that. But I'm saying the person that you're with right now, love them. Love them. Love them. Look at Psalms 27 and 3. The Bible declares this. Children are a blessing and a what? And a gift from the Lord. Sometimes you want to do a gift exchange, don't you? Oh, you know that's right. Sometimes you want to take that one back. And if you had not got there yet, just wait till they become a teenager. You will understand. Matter of fact, you're going to email me one day and you're going to say, Pastor Jeff, I had no clue, but now I know. You want to take them back. What's the secret to, to having a good family? I'll tell you the secret is, is learning to have fun, as we stated earlier. You know, I asked Caitlin and Tyler, I texted them this week, I said, listen, I'm going to be talking on this topic, so I need your expert opinion. What were some of the things that you enjoyed the most uh, in our family, you know, that you, you enjoyed? And here's some things that they sent back to me. This is what they said. Randomly getting ice cream. Are you kidding me? I spent a fortune taking them to Disney World. And now, randomly getting ice cream. This was crazy. My daughter, Caitlin, you know what she wrote? Wrestling. <laughs> we wrestled. I mean, the thing, only thing I remember, she's saying, oh, you creep, get away from me. You know, when she turned about 11 or 12, get away from me. But she remembered the, we're wrestling. Also, they said, playing games like Uno. Hot potato and sorry. Playing games. I remember one night, uh, I never will forget it. In our neighborhood, the power went out, which when we first moved in our neighborhood, the power went out all the time. But I remember uh, one night the power went out and, and some of my kids' friends were at our house. And, the power, and we decided to light all these candles in our house and we were going to play Uno. We played Uno to way early in the morning. We played, and it was, we just had a blast. We thought this is the greatest thing in the world. We're playing Uno by candlelight. Candles all over the house. This is great. Until the next morning we got up and soot was all over the ceilings. <laughs> Spent days cleaning that up. But you see, it's learning. It's the little things that you do consistently that are randomly. And here's what I want you to know, mom and dad. Listen, grandparents, 
It's the little things that matter just randomly. It's not the big things that are planned that stress you out. It's a little, you forget the little things, they remember the little things. Isn't that amazing? Like I'm thinking, okay, I bought you a car, surely you're going to say that, you know. I got you this big, you know, uh, video game when you wanted it when you were a kid, surely you're going to say that. No, they didn't say anything about the big stuff that I thought was a big deal. It was the little stuff. That ought to let you off the hook. Some of you say, well, I, you know, I can't afford all the things that all the other kids have, and I feel bad. Don't feel bad. Just do the little stuff. They're going to remember that anyways. Just do the little stuff. I want to help you do this because I know it's a challenge. Inside of your program, I have something in here for you. It's called Awesome Families Card. Everybody take that out. Matter of fact, just take it out and just sort of wave it at me so I know you got it. All right, there we go. Okay, I see 10 of them. All right, great. There we go. Thank you. This card we've created to help you with ideas as to what to do for one week with your family. One week. What I'm asking you to do is it has a Monday through uh, Sunday deal here, suggestions. I'm asking you to take this card out and just make it family-oriented. It's real simple stuff. I want you to just make family a priority for one week. Just make it a priority. I mean, there's something simple, like Wednesday on here, is eat dinner at the table together, if you still have a table. Turn the television off, get everybody there together, and just one night, just do that. Now, what I want you to do is say, Pastor Jeff, I'll do my very best for us to have a family week together. If you do that with me on the back of your connection card, there's a little box. I'd like you to check that as a little accountability, because when you check the box, you're gonna, it's going to seal in your mind that you can say, okay, we need to do this. Would you do that with me? And when you do that, matter of fact, there's a hashtag. We'd love to see pictures of that. So we want proof. <laughs> not, not, I'm not really, but anyways, there's a hashtag. We'd love to see your pictures. It encourages others when you do that. All right, so we understand that awesome families are built on what? Truth on trust and love. You ready? So what are awesome families built on? Truth, trust, and love. That takes us to number two. Awesome families encourage growth. Encourage growth. It's amazing in in Luke's gospel, chapter 2 and verse 52, where it talks about Jesus. Look what it says. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. In other words, Jesus grew mentally, he grew physically, he grew spiritually, and he grew socially. You have to grow. Our kids have to grow. And so the place that they learn to grow in our grandkids, they all learn it in our homes is how to grow. So I put some things on the outline. What, what do we learn from our families? There's four things I think that we learn most from our families, and I'll give them to you. Ready? Letter A is how to handle conflict. Would you write that down? Your, your children are put in your home to learn how to handle conflict. Now, again, I'm going to teach you more from the things I did wrong than what I did right. So just hear me out. Ron and I, when we got married... My family, you know, my, my family was riddled with divorce. My parents divorced when I was really young. Just about everybody on, on my side of the family had been through a divorce. Rhonda's parents were people that were sort of quiet into themselves, so they didn't like confrontation anyways. 
So when we got married, we were a mess. Why? Because we would never fight. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's good every once in a while just to have a good one. Now, some of you have it all the time, so you're like, yeah, man, come to my house, you'll see a good one. No, no, I'm serious. Listen to me. So when our kids were born, if we were going to have a, our kids never saw us argue. They never saw us have a cross word toward each other. They never saw that at all. Now, what they didn't know is that, you know, when we put them to bed or whatever, and we went into the bedroom, we went to the back part of the house, we said what we need to say to each other. We didn't scream. We didn't do this, but we had a lot of conflict that was going on. One of the mistakes that we made, my son, when he got a little bit older, I remember going around someone and someone raised their voice at their spouse or their children. It freaked him out. He was just freaked out because he'd never seen anybody do that before. That was, that was harmful to them. Because in the real world, people get upset, right? And so I want to tell you, we made a decision that no longer would we hide our arguments behind, you know, behind closed doors, but we would let them see, let them see us argue, you know, in the right way. I mean, we're not going to, you know, hit each other or, 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 you know, say real hurtful things to each other, but, but they're going to see us have that tension. And so now you come to our house, like last night, Rhonda was getting something out of the car and I was saying something to her. Kayla said, what are you yelling at mom about now? I'm like, baby, I'm not yelling at your mom. She's getting something out of the car, and I was asking her, was she coming? She said, oh, I thought she was yelling at her. <laughs> she wanted to say, let them see that. Why? Because they learn how to fight in your home, because they're going to have fights. And, and so it's okay to argue, you know, and you've you got to do it healthy. Now, if you're arguing all the time, then you need to go see somebody. I mean, if every day is, is you're down somebody's throat, then there's another problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's balance there. And it's healthy because your kids are learning how to do that. Because, listen, the way that you fight is the way they're going to fight when they get married. Some of you, you know, some of you blow up and some of you clam up. Matter of fact, I would say if we had to label you today, there's many of you that are a skunk in this room. You're a skunk. You know what skunks do? They get mad and they stink up the whole room and everybody knows they're mad. Some of you are turtles. You know what that means? When the conflict comes, you just draw up. I'm in my shell. Now look this way. Don't you look to the right or left right now. Because you're going to get in trouble. You know what? The bad thing is the skunks always marry the turtles. That's it. The skunks always marry the turtles, and the turtles always marry the skunks. We're all different, aren't we? That's the way it works. That's the way that it works. Another thing I would say this is letter B is how to handle losses, what they learn in the home. Our kids have to learn how to have failures. Again, this is something that Rhonda and I didn't do well. You know, we never wanted our kid to, to have a, you know, a bad grade. Why? Because if they had a bad grade, that meant we were bad parents. We never wanted, we never wanted them to, you know, be late for school. You know, when our kids started driving cars and you couldn't get them out of the bed, they didn't want to get up, you know, you like begging them, get this, get out the door. You're threatening their life with everything to be, you're going to be on time. You're not going to be late. Why? It's because it's going to embarrass me if they were. And finally, you know what? Rhonda and I say, you know what? This is enough of this. You can lay in that bed if you want to. You can lay in that bed, and you can be late to school if you want to, but I guarantee you, you're going to serve three days of in-school suspension. We found out that three days of in-school suspension could cure a lot more than me threatening every day. You see what I'm talking about? 
There's a consequence. You know what? Them not being able to get their parking pass and drive their car anymore was more to meaningful to them than me to say, you better get up. Come on, get out that door. And just having a war every day. Fail if you want to. Yeah, it's okay. Go ahead. If you want to repeat the 12th grade, then go ahead. Do it. I know what some of you are saying. Don't say that to my child right now. Don't say it. Fail. Wear the dunce hat a little while. We found out you, you cannot, you have to let them have failures. Why? Because I'll tell you why. If we don't let them have failures, they're going to go on their first job, and they're going to have a failure, and when they fail, they're going to want to quit. So we have to let them fail while they're in our care. We have to. The Bible says this in Proverbs 24 and 16. Look what it says. For though the righteous fall, how many times? Seven times they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. In other words, we have to teach our kids resilience. You're going to have failures. You're going to have, things are not always going to work out. You're going to have down times in your life. You know, you're going to have failures with relationships. You're going to have failures with, with uh, school. You're, you're not going to pass every class. I mean, you know, you're going to have a bad grade in a class from time to time. You're going to have all these things, and we're going to let them to fail while they're in our care. We don't go, we don't go threaten the teacher because our kid gets a bad grade. Because, you know, your kid says, hey, you know what? I wouldn't get this bad grade if I had a better teacher. Baloney. Hey, look at me. Are you kidding me? What, is your, what else is your kid going to say? Mom, I got a great teacher, and I, you know what? I don't like studying, but hey, you know what? I don't like doing my assignments. And I don't, you know what? I just don't like, I don't like that class. So I decided that I'm just not going to do the work, and I'm going to get an F. Are they going to say that? No. Oh, that teacher I got. Oh, you just don't know this teacher. Baloney macaroni. Some of you get, I hope you're taking good notes, because some of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but your kid's going to get to be teenagers for long, and you're going to get an understanding. <laughs> Let us see. Here we go. Which values matter most is what we teach. You see, the, the world has its values, and the, the world's values are not our values. These worldly values have been around from the beginning of time, and the Bible says the world's values are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Let me break it down into the 21st century for you. That means that the world is all about sex, salary, and status. That's what the world's all about. And if you, do, if you don't set values and help your kids have values, that's the values they'll gravitate to. We need a change, and it comes from parents, moms and dads like you. Letter D is this, good habits. Good habits. Do you know the habits determine our character? Your habits determine your character? Do you, do you know that? I wrote this down for myself. Manners make men manners make men manners make men and women here's the problem in our society we want our kids to be so good though we want our grandkids to be the best in their class and we work hard 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 on their abilities we want them to to be uh, you know the best 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 we want to develop their ability their talents we want to develop that so they can soar but here's the problem if, 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 if your ability carries you higher than your character, friend, Humpty Dumpty will fall off of that wall. If your ability carries you higher than your character can keep you, you won't stay long. You know, you will get the job because you look the best. You know, you'll be selected on the team. Ask Tiger Woods. 
I saw an interview that he did the other day talking about his, where his character lacked. His ability carried him beyond his character. And it caused a great fall. So moms and dads, we have to work on character, not just ability. You see, you can't rise above the limits of your character. You know, one of the things that we work on trying to teach our kids about character is this. As we teach them, the first part of growing up is showing up. When you make a commitment somewhere to do something, then you do it. So part of growing up is showing up. And man, that would be something our society needs to grab a hold of. And that our kids will not get it from anybody else. We have to teach that to them. One of the things that we do at SEC is our family here is that we want to help you in the spiritual family to grow, grow in God's character. That's what church is all about. Is, it's spurring you on in God's character. And if you've been around SEC for a little while and you've not checked out what our church is all about, we have a class called Discovering uh, SEC, Class 101. I actually teach it. I'll be teaching it next Sunday night. I'd love to have you come out and, and be a part of that. So if you will do that, on the back of your connection card, there's a box. Why don't you just check the box and come and check SEC out? See if this is a place that you want to be a part of. Remember, awesome families are built on what? Truth, trust, and love. Number three, awesome families are centered around God. Centered around God. How do you keep your family centered around God? Well, back when God was giving Moses the Ten Commandments, this is what he said as well about our children. Look what he said. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts, grandparents and parents, that you may impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. I'd like to give you a couple of things today to help you do that. How do you keep your family centered around God? The first one is through conversations. Would you write that down? Through conversations. You say, Pastor Jeff, I try to talk to my kids, but all they do is grunt. All right. Yeah. No. So how do you do it? I'll tell you how you do it. You ask questions. You just keep asking questions, you know, when, and, and you just keep asking questions. When you ask questions, they have to start giving you answers. And when they get to be teenagers, you expect them to say, you're nosy. Yes, I am. Oh, yes, I am. I'm your daddy. I am nosy. Call me nosy. Call me whatever you want to, but just call me. Call me, a, call me a bad parent. Call me whatever you want to. Call me that everybody else's, uh, everybody else's mom and dad's not like you. Cause say all those things you want to. But, it, but at your curfew time, if you can't be home, you better call me. Call me. Have conversations. You know what? The questions that you ask your kids actually determine your values. The, whatever you're asking your kids about, whatever questions you're raising to your kids determine your values. It says what you're concerned about. You know, Ron and I, I was had to prepare this to share with you, and I began to listen to what questions we ask our kids. And the first things we, you know, we're constantly asking them about, you know, are you, are you doing your work? You know, are you at work? How's work going? You know, are you saving money? You know, how's your budget going? And then another question we ask is, is uh, we just talked about this yesterday to our son. Hey, son, I don't know if you're tithing or not, but that's one thing that, you know, mom and dad's been blessed because we're tithers. My kids would tell you that. They hear that over and over. And how's your relationship with God? Those are the questions that we ask. Why? Because your questions are your values. 
Look, in your marriage, you just start looking at the questions you're asking, and you'll find your values. Ask questions. Let me say this one more thing on this conversation deal. Listen, criticizing never works. You can look at someone and say, you never do this. You know, you're stupid at this. You're dumb at this. Criticizing never, ever works. It just doesn't work. I would say this. If you don't like what you're seeing in somebody, watch what you're saying to them. If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. Because sometimes we become a prophet with our words, don't we? You're never going to amount to anything. If you keep saying that long enough, they won't. Watch what you're saying. The, the second thing I'd say is through example. Through example. Now, some of you are going to go, oh, boy, you know, here we go. L- let me just help you out. How many of you sitting in this room, as a parent or a grandparent, have, have some regrets and you wish you could change some things? Let me see. Anybody besides me? Okay, that's about all of us. So I want you to do something today. There's nothing we can do about that in the past. So let's take that stupid regret hat off right now because when somebody says something about example, you automatically go to all your failures. Listen, that's in the past. Let's forget it. Okay, we've all messed up. Let's talk about what's ahead. An example, you know, kids today and grandkids today, they're not looking for incredible parents and grandparents. They're just looking for credible parents and grandparents. For the first time again in in 20 years, survey after survey has shown for the first time in 20 years when a kid is asked, okay, who, who's the person in your life that you hold up the most that, you know, that, that is like your hero for the first time in 20 years, it's not been a, a sports figure or it hasn't been an actress. It hasn't been anybody like that for the first time in 20 years. It's been mom and dad. Time after time after time, your kids are saying, my mom and dad are the people that I honor the most as my heroes. What I'm telling you is when the world is attacking the family, trying to destroy the family, that God is at work and you can't see it, but he's working through you and he's putting values in your kids and they're going to change our world because of the values that you're teaching them. God is doing something in our families. I read this quote. I want to read it to you by the guy by the name of James Baldwin. He wrote this. Children have never been very good at listening to their parents. Can I get it just to amen? Amen. But they never fail to imitate them. Isn't that the truth? The other, you know, a couple, about a year or so ago, a little longer than that, I heard Caitlin talking to her mother. I didn't like the way that sounded. She just, she just said something that didn't just sound good at all. And I looked at her and I started to just say, let me tell you something, little lady. And then I realized I'd heard that somewhere before. Me! It didn't sound that bad when it was coming from me talking to Rhonda. It didn't sound, but when she said it to her, I'm like, oh no, you didn't. Then I realized I was the source of that. Didn't sound so good. They follow our example. You see, more, ca- more is caught than taught, right? Would you finish this statement with me? We're talking about families. The family that prays together. Man, everybody in here knew that statement. Do you believe that? Do you, do you really believe that? Then why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? I told you a couple... I've, I've told you this year about how that Rhonda and I started praying 
at night together, and you say, oh yeah, you're a pastor, you're supposed to do all that stuff. No, let me tell you something, it's weird for me too. But once you get over the weirdo factor, you get to the benefit, uh, the benefit factor. Woo, and the benefits are good, men. Good, 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 good. We'll talk about marriage next week, all right? But you see, man, the, parents, the people that pray together, the, the families that pray together stay together, and there's truth to that. There's a guy in our church, his name is Amato Fajardo. And Amato uh, was in the military for over 20 years. He had a lot of assignments all over the world. And he would tell you that the thing that he believed that kept him safe in a lot of dangerous situations was his mother's prayer. She would always be praying for him. And always, every time she'd say, like, are you going to church, you know? Are you praying, son? And he said one time his daughter who had a bacterial meningitis. And the, the, she was laying there lifeless in the hospital. And he said, you know, they had no hope for their daughter. But he and his wife, Helen, were there in the room. And then his mother walks in. And when his mother walks in, he said, I just felt hope. And he said, my mom did only what a mom could do. She grabbed that baby in her arm, and she just began to pray. He said, there was power in my mom's prayer. And I want to tell you, there's power in a mother's prayer. There's power in that prayer. And God healed that baby. Moms... There's nobody that can pray for your child like you. You pray for that child. You say, I don't know how. Yes, you do. You know their name and you know God and that's enough. God, hears your prayers. Look what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 and 5. Paul, speaking of Timothy, talking about our faith, he says, I am reminded of your sincere what? Faith. In other words, it's a deposit that's made in you that you're making in others which lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now also lives in you. In other words, we give our faith away to our kids. They only catch it from us. And today on this Mother's Day, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can't give it away. And it stops with you. Today I want to encourage you, if you're not a Christ follower today, to take that step. How do I do that, Pastor? Well, I, I put a prayer inside of your program. Because I don't want you to just repeat a prayer after me. I want you to read it and think about it. Believe it in your heart, and it changes you when you do. I don't want you to have to raise your hand, come forward. This prayer is in there. You can pray this between you and God. You just read it and pray it. And the only thing I ask you to do is before you leave is on the back of your connection card that you'll check the box and say, that I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower so that I can pray for you this week. You would do that. I'd like for every one of you to stand with me now, if you would. <clears throat> By the way, moms, happy Mother's Day, if I didn't say that. I want to pray for your families. If, you're, if you have family members by you now, would you just reach over and grab their hand? I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. God, we know that the world is at war with the families. But God, we see you doing revival with our families. And today, Father, I pray that you would help us in the name of Jesus. God, that you would help us to relax a little bit. Not feel like that we have to... Lord, we have our families so scheduled out and they're so spread out with activities that there's so much stress in our home. 
God, but help us to, to let go of some activities that we can be at home and be less stressful. Our kids would rather see us without stress than activity. God, I pray that you would give us the power to be the people of God that we need to be, that our kids may see you in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again so much for joining us online at SCC. I would love to know that you're out there listening and be able to connect with you. If you would, email me at jeffdawes at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S. I pray you have a blessed week and join us again soon.